Ready, go. Hello, and welcome to Mutually Codependent with Adam and Jen. I am Adam. And I am Jen. Hi, Jen. Hi. How's your voice? It hurts. I'm my sorry. My throat hurts really bad. Well. I think my fever's going back. God damn it. Yeah. I haven't. I felt horrible Thursday, and then I was fine Friday morning when I woke up to go see my friends, and then I was okay, like... Most of the weekend, and then Monday night, I just started to feel really shitty again. So I'm I'm hoping that by tomorrow I'll be fine and dandy because I need to go into the work. Yeah, what friends did you see? Um, my friend Hillary from Las Vegas, who I got to see when we went to Vegas for MJ BizCon. That was the first time I met her, and then I got to see her again on Friday with our other friend Ariel, who lives about two and a half hours from Austin. Um, in Montgomery, Texas, and I got to meet her for the first time. Her dog's been on our fridge for like four years, a Christmas card. Um, and so I got to spend Friday and Saturday night, with, fr- all day Friday and Saturday with um, Ariel and Hillary at Ariel's parents' house who were, they were all like the best people. I had an amazing weekend. Yeah, you've been uh, collecting all these digital friends, and now it's... Pocket uh, fr- we call each other pocket friends. Pocket friends, that's a good term. Yeah, because we're always in each other's back pocket. That's if cute. If you need us. And then, but like, I'm getting... there. So Ariel was the third person that I was able to meet in person. My third fr- pocket friend to meet in person. I first met Lauren in Pensacola about three, four years ago. We did that, yep. Three years ago, almost three years ago, and then... I met Hillary, and then I got to meet Ariel, and now I have two new besties, and we're going to go to New Orleans, and we have some plans to do some stuff together, so. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That sounds fun. Yeah. Maybe I'll get a fishing trip out of it. Maybe. <laughs> we could both leave town in different directions. <laughs> yeah. Just leave the kids here to fend for themselves. <clears throat> but Ariel's going to uh, come visit, and I think we're going to make I'm gonna make her be on the podcast. That would be really neat. She's a phenomenal singer. Holy yeah. shit. Like, I mean, I, I had heard rumors that she could sing, but hearing her sing in person, it's like, what? It's a little different in person. Yeah. And I adore Hillary. She's like one of the sweetest people ever. They both are really great people. Um, so I really loved seeing Hillary again because she's she's a lot of fun. And she introduced me to pickled eggs, which is not something I'd ever had before. And I'm not a big egg person. I don't really like eggs. But I loved pickled eggs. They were fucking delicious. I feel like the only thing worse than an egg fart would be a pickled egg fart. Probably. <laughs> Probably. No, but it was a great weekend. Happy weekend. Okay, what are we smoking today? That was my job. Yeah. Uh, sorry, we are smoking peanut butter breath. Mm-hmm. It is a hybrid. Um, it has 25.2% THCA and 0.29% Delta 9 THC. Uh, peanut butter breath has a very nutty, earthy flavor. Its main terpenes are limonene and beta caryophylline. It is. It makes people very relaxed, very chatty, very social. Um, the biggest con that I read on Leafly was that it can make people incredibly paranoid. 
like, row. Yeah, but I don't. We've smoked it uh, quite a few times, and I've never, I've never felt I've that. I've never way. felt paranoid. Except, just, except when I have thoughts that like, what if somebody has a peanut allergy? Well, that's not my problem. Don't put something in your mouth called peanut butter breath. No, 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 no. It. We we obviously know that it doesn't <laughs> cause a reaction. <laughs> no, it doesn't. But it's really good. I like it. From firsthand experience. Yeah, so. it's pretty great. <clears throat> so, how was your weekend? Oh, yeah, sorry. Kind of awful. I'm sorry. I didn't <laughs> even think that about that when I asked the question until after yeah, I asked Yeah, well, she was uh, having fun going to karaoke and drinking in bars with new best friends. I was doing work on a car that I'm qualified to do theoretically, <laughs> but apparently in practice I have trouble. It was just every step of the way. Every fucking next step turned out to have a different difficulty than it should have had. I did uh, the rear struts on my Passat, and that didn't go well. They didn't get done. And uh, I added some little airbags because we usually pull a trailer, or we have a trailer, and we have a hitch on the Passat, and that will keep it from sinking down too far. That was supposed to take about like two hours for all that put together, but it ended up taking about eight. And I didn't even finish. I only did the airbags, not the struts. So that was stupid. The strut was cross-threaded and I didn't want to just replace one of them. So I got to figure out what to do about that. And then the second day I did more work with uh, the front suspension and wheel bearings and all the tie rod ends and ball joints and stuff and all every step of the way for that was frustrating so i only got half i got one of those done and that's what i get to do after we get done recording here yes is uh, is go do the other side of the front suspension which i what i i got all the things figured out the first time so now as long as i wasn't too high while i was doing it i'll remember how to do them the second time yeah and uh like a third of that time was like putting it together and then realizing I skipped a step and having to take it apart to put it back together correctly twice, twice that happened. And so <clears throat> maybe, maybe I'm just not real as, as good at this mechanic thing as I, uh, I thought <laughs> I've never claimed to be good at it. I've just been capable more than most people right. and, and I'm willing. smart enough to like, be confident that I can figure it out. And I always have figured it out except for the EOS, um, which ended up being a, a bent camshaft, which I couldn't have been able to diagnose in my garage. So um, I didn't feel too bad about that. But yeah, so we're, uh, we haven't even talked about what the episode is. We haven't what got we, there yet. We haven't. What are, We decided that there were a lot and still are several really popular stoner movies that we hadn't seen yet. Yeah. And or one of us had and the other hadn't. Or it had been like if one of us had seen them it had been twenty years. Yeah, then that <laughs> so, doesn't let's 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 freshen yeah. up our stoner movie because we kind of got into to being stoners much differently than most people we didn't just like really love weed we started a company you know we liked weed it was cool but then we started a company and really kind of got to know cannabis and really really are advocates and everything and and users now and we kind of skipped all of these stoner movies with the stoner mentality i had yeah. never connected those i never thought of uh super bad as a stoner movie 
Holy shit, me either. I, I guess just, it kind of is. <clears throat> yeah, it was on like every list of top stoner movies that I looked up. Yeah. So kind of boring. Yeah, I mean it, it's Don't come at me. Okay. Uh <laughs> so yeah, we we in uh in preparation for this episode, we watched three movies. Uh I had not seen any of them. Uh, Jen had seen Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, and Harold and Kumar escape from Guantanamo Bay. Yes. But had not seen Half-Baked. I had not seen Half-Baked. So, and I hadn't seen any of them. So, today and yesterday, we watched uh, these three uh, movies. Well, no, we watched Watched White White Castle Castle last week. Yeah. So... <clears throat> anyway, very recently. Yeah. So we decided we <laughs> would talk a little bit about uh, how these movies um, change or reinforce stereotypes of weed culture and things like that. And just whether or not we thought they were good movies. Yeah. So, like, was uh, their perception of weed culture accurate or was it just yeah. insane ridiculousness? What do you think is your least favorite of the three on the list? Half-baked. I, I'm real close with you. Honestly, uh, by far, like, but I'm not a, I'm not a big Dave Chappelle fan, so that doesn't help its cause. Well, yeah, just because of things that that turned up now. No, but... I didn't like him when we were younger. Like really? when the Chappelle show was on and stuff, I kind of just always thought he was an asshole. Kind of obnoxious. Yeah, he's v- he's very obnoxious, and I don't like people like that. I actually was never a big Dave Chappelle fan. Um, I thought that there were some things that he said. I mean, he's funny. He's yeah. fucking hilarious. But uh, I never knew anything about his person, you know. He doesn't seem like I he's a really... very nice person, to be honest. I, I realized a long time ago I've kind of just accepted that if I judged every comedian by how good of a person they were, I wouldn't enjoy very much comedy. I disagree. Well, I think there are good examples of good comics, but I think a lot of comics are kind of pieces of shit, and they know that, and that's why they're famous. But that's changing now. I think so, too. Yeah, that's I changing so a too. lot, because a lot of the newer comedians that are coming up, like, they're, you know, they're pushing boundaries, but they're not crossing lines to be hateful. Yeah. Because it's just not, it's not okay anymore to be hateful. I think, uh, I think... uh <laughs> comics hide behind this it's just joke bro a lot yeah um, you know to say kind of really shitty things and then oh it's just a joke and i'm kind of guilty of saying that sometimes too I'm, I'm not gonna say that you know i don't make inappropriate jokes well everybody does but but i also don't have a platform like netflix either right i think that's the that's the big thing yeah like yeah. you I'm, know when i'm not even on tiktok you know when you're <laughs> like, public, i don't have much influence on yeah uh, when you're a public figure it's yeah yeah absolutely <clears throat> like i mean we watched theo vaughn the other night yeah we watched uh, his, and his i i love him because dude he will literally be like i grew up so poor like there's no racism when you're growing up like that poor we're all equal he's like white privilege i don't even know what that means green yeah he's like white privilege is green privilege and like so i really i do appreciate him for because he does push boundaries because like 
his podcast episode with Bobby Lee. Him and Bobby Lee have been friends for like 20 fucking years and he didn't know Bobby Lee was Korean. He kept calling him Chinese. And he's like, man, I'm not trying to be a dick. He's like, I'm just kind of an just idiot. Don't know. Yeah. Like, but so like I told you where I'm from. Yeah, like, like he doesn't. And like, I'm like one of the best they got. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's yeah, like you don't and even like Jeff Foxworthy, who literally made a career off of ignorance ignorance yeah but he was never fucking he racist ha- or hateful or about hateful it. ever yeah and that's that's my thing don't be a dick don't be hateful don't be hateful you can say whatever in the fuck you want but don't be a hate don't be hateful or, about it or laugh with people because you know good and well that there are plenty of times when people hear one of his you might be a redneck joke and go oh fuck that's me Right. And they're like, oh, well, yeah, I guess that's why I'm watching this guy. So he, you know, that that would be if like if Dave Chappelle only ever talked about black dudes, you know, (laughs) then okay, he can talk about them. He is one. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I don't know. There's just ways to 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 be funny without being hateful. Like Cat Williams, like, I mean, damn, he is, you know, pushing all kinds of boundaries and shit. But he also talks about white people. But he's done like he talks about everybody. Yeah. But it's not in a racist manner. I think there's a lot of comedians that can do that well. Yeah. Um, Gabriel Iglesia. Oh, yeah. He does um, it really he well. He does it really well. And, I mean, he gets away with doing all kinds of voices and nobody cares because when you look at him, you're not really sure what he is. <laughs> he he points that out. <laughs> he's like, yeah, people think that I'm, you know, from Hawaii or whatever. And then I went there and I was like, yeah. <laughs> I get <laughs> I it. I, I get it. I am. I look just like these people. So uh, I think it helps when you're not white. You can get away with uh, a little bit more than if you are. But uh, Yeah. Yeah. And then there's like Rodney Carrington, where he just like makes fun. Oh God! Oh, chop suey! Like, and and he was just blatantly racist about it back then. I don't know what if he's changed his uh, demeanor about it or his perspective about it. I have no idea who that even then. is. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Um, he's a kind of like redneck guy. Mm. That, that was like kind of white trash. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah, um, but anyway, I know so, who he is, but I've never really listened to him. Yeah, his voice was—I was like, no, I'm good. It's kind of obnoxious. Yeah. yeah. So, um, the movies. I think we we're going to do a little bit—not really a breakdown of each one, but just uh, what we're not like movie critics. We've never done a criticize <laughs> like that's not. So, if you are a movie critic and you're like all excited that we're about to go into this, no, nah, man, you're going to be disappointed. It's not what's going to happen. We're just going to kind of talk about them. <laughs> We're going to talk um, about what we called Adam came up with plot holes in movies about sh- weed should be called potholes. Yeah. <laughs> and there's lots of potholes in these movies. Yeah. Like uh, bad. Which is, it's hard for me, as literal as I am, to overlook these things. And it doesn't mean I'm not going to enjoy a movie, but it's going to reduce my level of enjoyment of the movie. And also the person who's watching with him. Because it's just sloppy. Like. You can't have somebody fly across a room from an explosion, not have permanent ear damage and bleeding out of their ears when they hit the wall on the other side of the room. Like, that kind of concussion power, they would be deaf the rest of their lives. But nope, they just kind of shake it off. Like, that that bothers me. Yeah. But maybe they're wearing earplugs. That's how I got to get over it. I got to be like, oh, well, maybe they're wearing earplugs. I mean... 
Yeah, I don't know. But they can still hear the clank of a chain around the corner. Yeah, I don't I don't know, man. So yeah, plot potholes. 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 And, and then we also wanted to see kind of how these movies, because we, we watched uh Reefer Madness and we were like, okay, that's how it started. That's that's, that's like the first weed movie. <laughs> that like you know? really fucked us over. Right. And then I wanted to see like, well, are we doing things better now? to portray uh, people who like to enjoy cannabis. And these movies that we're watching, I understand, are kind of outdated at this point. So we haven't uh, like gotten up to present-day weed movies, but we're going to talk about these specifically, uh, not necessarily the progress of the industry. But um, Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle was the first of these three that we watched. <clears throat> yeah. What did what did you had seen it before? I have it, seen that one before. Um, I didn't remember parts of it, but for like, so if you haven't seen Harold and Kumar go to White Castle or escape from Guantanamo Bay, it is about um, two roommates and best friends. Harold, who's played by John Chow, he's a Korean, and that he's Korean, and then Kumar, who's played by Cal Penn. And he's Indian. So they're roommates. They're stoners. Blah, 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 blah. They get super high to go. And then they're like, I want to go to fucking White Castle. But, you know, just like one thing after another after another just fucks up their plan and ends up taking them like 24 hours to get to White Castle or something insane like that. But it's hilarious. It's it's cute. I, I prefer Harold and Kumar movies over like half baked by far like way more but i've always really liked both those actors they're funny you know the i don't know neil patrick harris is in it as neil patrick harris or a crazy version a crazy of... straight version of neil yeah. patrick harris and he's such a fucking dick he's such he a... wasn't out yet was he no i don't think so he's such a douchebag i think he was by the second movie yeah yeah um but, you know, like, and then Christopher Maloney, who was um, Elliot Stabler in Law and Order SVU, and he played Nick on the show Happy. Oh, uh, God, yeah. Um, he pl- He's in each movie, too. He plays, like, a little role. And he's he's hilarious. He does a great job playing those weird fucking characters. Yeah. They're, they're like, how can we, like, make it so that people may not recognize him? Yeah, that's that's what they did. They did that. That was they were like, how can we make this stud of a man who's only gotten hotter with age ugly? That's how they did it. We So f- side note, on Monday, Ethan and I watched um, Law and Order Criminal Organized Crime with uh, Chris Maloney in it. And I was telling and Ethan was watching it with me. And he goes, who's that pretty man? I said, that's my, my celebrity crush. So I was like 14. He's oh, like, man. oh, I get it. He went, and then he's like, why are all the people on the show so fucking pretty? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I know, right? I don't even know who's on the show. I don't, they're just like, oh, just a random cast of people. Random. Um, I'm sure they'd appreciate hearing that. I don't, I don't I'm know just their kidding. names. But anyways, yeah, so it was funny. <laughs> Nobody else matters. Nothing else matters. But so Harold and Kumar was insane. What 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 did you, how did you feel about that movie? I uh, there were laughs. There were things that I thought were funny, and then there was also a lot of things that I was like, oh god, 
Why just Neil Patrick Harris stole your car? Mm-hmm. That's kind of funny. Um, at that point, call a cab, or like I feel like they were. They never went out. They they kind of made it seem like they were in the middle of nowhere, but there is no middle of nowhere where they were. They were in Jersey. Yeah. Like that's that's pretty densely populated, isn't it? Like mm-hmm. I don't know. It just seemed like they could have uh done that and and went gotten past all of that stuff. Um they could have called and a then, cab. Yeah, and and then like after doing all this walking, they end up stumbling across the place they didn't want to eat that had friends sitting down eating. Mhm. Who had their own car and lived in their building. And lived in their building. Why not go to Okay, guys, we got it. Hey, this is this is our night. We've had a crazy fucking Neil Patrick Harris is driving our car around right now. And tell them the story, pay them some money to take you to White Castle. Be like, hey, take Goldstein us to- and Rosenberg. Goldstein That's- and Rosenberg, like, yeah. Like, dude, take us to White Castle. They were high as fucking kites, too. They were. They had weed. Mm-hmm. So they could have solved all their problems. Get weed, get a ride, get White Castle, and get Go home. home. They they could have satisfied all of those needs. I thought the movie was over when they saw them. And because- Roldy could have just gotten home and then reported his car missing that Neil Patrick Harris stole his fucking car. Yeah. <coughs> and and like end of a, that's a good ending to that movie. Yeah. No, but it had but it doesn't I mean it's only an hour and a half long. So if they had done that it would have ended the movie. You could have dragged out their antics on the way to White Castle. That's true. Like they 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 could have made a different movie that yeah. was better, I think. But um just because of that one piece of logic that you got to kind of throw away uh whenever you're whenever you're making a movie, I guess. Right. You just got to this is there's no way this can be totally accurate or whatever, but I feel like that was, that was I don't know. Could have been better. Uh and then we the then we watched Harold and Kumar escape from Guantanamo Bay. Yes. Which was actually only about three minutes of film of their actual escape and everything else <laughs> was was just surrounding it. Um, well, they were trying to escape from the government the whole time. Yeah, they were evading the government. <clears throat> yeah, evading them, I guess, to get the douchebag's house. Yeah. Hello? We can't even talk. <laughs> Are you okay? No, I was thinking. Oh. We, I just, you interrupted me even. I was about to talk and I forgot what it was. Yeah, no, a lot, a lot of more potholes in, in the, in the Guantanamo Bay. Um, I, I thought that they, they really went out of their way to make law enforcement look, looks really stupid. I don't think they went out of their way that much. You don't think so? No, I do not. So, if you don't, if you've never seen Harold and Kumar escape from Guantanamo Bay, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle ends with Harold making kissing his neighbor that he's in love with finally, and then 
Harold and Kumar, and then Kumar talks him into going to Amsterdam, where she's going. Yeah, she tells him that, oh, she'd like to go on a date with him, but she's going to be in Amsterdam for 10 days. And then she'll be back. Yeah. Yeah. So Kumar talks him into going to Amsterdam. So in the Guantanamo Bay movie, they're on the plane, and Kumar brought weed on the plane in a makeshift bong. Which everybody thought was a bomb. Because he's Because he's brown. Yeah. And so they end up getting arrested on the airplane and... Sent to Guantanamo Bay. Sent to Guantanamo Bay. And the agent that, like, sends them there, his name's Ron Fox, and he is the dumbest person alive. Jesus, he is one of the stupidest, most douchey people I've ever seen. How did he get his job? He's, He's a white man. I don't know, man. There's a lot of better white men than that. He's an idiot. He was too obsessed with the government to question anything that they do or what. He was a doer. He was a listener. He was a yeah. He was a listener. He was patriot. a follower. So goddamn patriot. <clears throat> anyway, so he sends these two to Guantanamo Bay, which don't deserve to be there. <laughs> Does anyone? I don't know, man. And then so. <laughs> I, Probably, to be honest. Probably. I'm not going to lie. I think there's a line there. It's uh, it's just a matter of deciding where the line belongs. Yeah. I'm sorry, but never mind. I'm not going to say what I was going to say. Anyways. Um, we'll save it for another episode. Um, no, we're not. It's too political. Oh, yeah. Um. So, anyways. Where's my fucking lighter? I don't I know. You were it. the it only the one shade. using it. It was in the shade because I have a lamp and it. And then it was, was underneath the under, shadow. It was under the shadow. So I don't know. Like lo- the law enforcement was so stupid, but they end up escape from from Guantanamo Bay and get on a boat with the Cuban family and get to Miami. And then there they go to a bottomless pool party with their friend from at their friend's house from college to get some help. It was weird. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of. Yeah, eye candy, but and they're going to Texas to try weird. to to try to get fr- all this shit taken care of because Kumar's ex girlfriend's getting married to some guy from college. But there's a lot of plot holes, and it's but it was a better movie than the first one. I feel like than White Castle. I enjoyed it more. Yeah, it's it's it was a little bit better, but they do, <laughs> they have they have George W. Bush in it. <laughs> Like, yeah, and he's a stoner. It <laughs> kind of makes you like George W. a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Like you're like, oh, he's a stoner. <laughs> this is some good this. shit. I know. I laced it with blow. Yeah, <laughs> he laced his weed with blow. I think you do a better GW impression than I do. He <laughs> 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 laced it with blow. I laced it with blow. <laughs> That's, that's Alabama Kush. It Shit. was. Here comes Chaney. It scares the fuck out of me. Come on, y'all. Come this way. Didn't Chaney shoot somebody? Yes, like, he fucking yeah. shot somebody. <laughs> He's scared of Chaney. That's, it's, it kills me because if you've never seen that movie, just watch the end with George with the George W. Bush character. It's so fucking funny, and honestly, I kind of think that's what George W. is probably really like. There are times where I, I think that. <laughs> I, uh... He calls his dad. 
dad? And he's like, they're like, oh, your dad's all up in your shit, too? And he's like, yeah. And so they all get high off this Alabama Kush and cocaine mixed together. And he calls him. He's like, you know what, dad? I ain't doing what you tell me no more. You know what? I'm smoking weed. And fuck you. I didn't even want to be president. (laughs) (laughs) It's your damn war, daddy. Don't you tell me what to do. (laughs) Fuck you. Fuck you. And he like hangs up on him. He's like, I'm in so much trouble. <laughs> I liced it. I liced it with blow. Alabama Kush. I um uh, No, pick- it was pretty great. I picked up a customer when I was doing rideshare that uh from the Circuit of Americas. And they were having this big event for an insurance company or finance finance company. Big banking convention. That's what it was. And George W. was uh, a speaker for not at Coda, but downtown earlier in the day. So the the guy that I picked up, I had to take him back downtown, took about 30 minutes. And all he was talking about was George W. Bush because he was very liberal. Um, The the customer was, not W. uh, Maybe. Um, He was... uh, like, man, I just, I hated George W. whenever he was in office and like, you know, the, just whatever. He had this very, very clear preconceived notion of what it would be like to meet him in person. Yeah. And when he met him in person, it shattered everything he knew about George W. Bush. I've heard that before, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, he said that he, he signed up. Like, against his better judgment, he thought, uh, he was signed up for the the speaking or whatever to, to go to that particular seminar or whatever. And it was of like a 45-minute speech or something. It was pretty substantial. It's a long time. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure the details I've gotten wrong because this was a secondhand talking from the guy who had just drank way too much. Um, so, anyway, the uh, he was telling me how... Um, like he was funny, mm-hmm. he was sharp, he was clever, um, and even even just off the cuff things that weren't scripted, you know, like because you've got your speech, but then, you know, he was actually interacting with people, and he was charming. Yeah, and and he was like, I just have this totally different idea of who this person is, and I really really relate to that because. I had that same kind of experience when I went to the George Bush Museum at Bryan College Station when I was waiting for Ethan during his orientation. Yeah. And when I got to the end of it, I was like, this guy really wanted what was best for the country. This guy, like from from this perspective, at least the way they portray him, I was like, you know what? I, uh, you know, as much as he's being touted as the war guy, and maybe that's true too, but... It seemed like there was a lot of positive things he tried to do and did accomplish. So I don't know. I I kind of feel that George W. was forced into presidency by his daddy. Like, and I think that's why we saw that clip in Guantanamo Bay. He's like, I'm not yeah, going to do what you was... tell me to do no more. Because that was at the, that movie was released in 2008, which was the end of his presidency <laughs> and yeah. when Obama was elected into office. So, and if you don't know, Cal Penn actually worked as part of the Obama administration. Right. Cal so. Penn, who played Kumar. Kumar. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so, like, 
it kind of makes you wonder, like maybe that that that's what I've always kind of wondered is if George W. was forced into this role because he needed to finish the war that his daddy didn't. Well, I think he was just an easy win. He was an easy that win. Was, that was that's why he. It well, was he was him a super easy win. I don't think anybody, uh, you know, at that level of politics is really calling any shots anymore. I think no. they're all bought and paid for. Yeah. Either with their own money's interests um, or corporations, you know, like the Bushes having all those ties with oil money and such. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's their literally their own personal interest. There are presidents who sold their businesses when they got elected because they didn't want to be accused of use, taking advantage of the position. Yeah. Like, can you imagine if politicians <laughs> were not allowed to own stocks? <laughs> God, it'd be a different world. Then people wouldn't want to be politicians anymore. Nope. Uh, like what that would be such an amazing we need a new constitution yeah that's what we need watching we... watching designated survivor on netflix which is if you haven't seen that i highly suggest it, it i think every american i think Everybody. every american should have to fucking watch it but it makes you realize that the the Kiefer sutherland takes over and becomes president never wants to be he's like way far from presidency secretary of housing yeah, or something but he's an independent and he is a genuinely good man. Like, he would be the best fucking real-life president, but he has to fo- be forced to make all these decisions that are really shitty that he really hates making. And we're seeing that in season two, like, where he's he's ab- he has no option. Like, There's but no good option. There's no good option, and he's having to make a super shitty decision. And I, that to me, like, that's realistic because you know the presidents are like having to make these decisions that they don't want to fucking make. Hopefully. Hopefully. I Maybe mean, yeah. some of them. I think, I think the last one did. <laughs> I think that was part of the desire from the last guy. Oh, yeah. Cause he's a psycho. Being in control of that kind of thing. But, you know, maybe that's just how media makes him look. <laughs> I don't know, man. He does enough of that himself. Uh,. He doesn't even need a PR person. <laughs> He's his own PR. He does. Do uh, you think he would listen to any PR Fuck person? No. I want to trip him. Trip him? I want to trip him. Well, if he falls, he might squish his poo poo out of his diapy. <laughs> Gross. Oh. <laughs> Anyways, but also, I feel like with the escape from Guantanamo Bay, it kind of. Um, like they really did make law enforcement look incredibly incompetent, just intentionally, intentionally. But I think that a lot of people like stoners, um, and people who aren't as conservative, um, and pro government. I think that a lot of those people already kind of feel that way about law enforcement so for them it was just like oh, yeah let's i like watching that because yeah that's pretty much the reality of it well they had to match the absurdity level of the other oh, side yeah. so i think that's really why it was so over the top is because if he wasn't played over the top it would make the other guys look more over the top but really you're trying to just say everybody's kind of wrong in this in this situation yeah uh, they were stupid yeah, especially God, in Half Baked. Oh, Half Baked was, oh, that one was just weird. I got, I got a really short version of this movie. Okay, go ahead. So, hey, we got this great source of weed. Yeah, 
and we want to sell it, right? Yeah. And we got to sell it as fast as possible, right? Yeah. And we already know who the biggest weed dealer is in town, right? Yeah. Yeah. Why don't we go sell it to him? And get our friend out of prison. Get your jail. friend out of jail. And and you fucking... That's why they were selling the weed. Yeah. That's their why friend got arrested. They were selling the weed to make bail for their friend. And that's, he got arrested because he killed a horse cop, a cop horse. He he fed a a a, a, a mount. Police officer horse. A police horse. Uh, he <laughs> sugar, a whole bunch of gave candy. Gave him a whole bunch of candy <laughs> and cookies. All and of shit. the candy. So they just like had this absurdly long grocery list of junk food, and uh, that was kind of part of the last scene. And then this scene, he's holding it all. It's too paper bags full of junk food that he feeds to this officer's horse yeah. piece by piece by piece and then uh and then stacks it up on the trash can next to him and the horse just falls over dead and farts and uh <laughs> he did he just fell over so then he got char- charged with killing an officer which is also absurd yeah i mean and i know how slow horses eat so yeah, he that, had to have been out there was for gone an hour for a long fucking time. Yeah, like that's that officer's fault. So that was another pothole, <clears throat> I think. But you know, it, it, and they set his bail at one million dollars. Yeah, and his bail was a million dollars. Like he had anything close to that, or he was a flight risk. What's he? Would, would <laughs> he's he, a kindergarten teacher. He's a kindergarten teacher, guys. Like, what's he gonna do? Kidnap children. No, um, that would have been a different movie if he had to raise the money himself and he did it by kidnapping his the children in his class. That's dark. Yeah, that's not the, that's not the movie they were going. He got for. the he got the ransom. He got a ransom, and he does it while all the while making the kid think it was just a game. Anyways, <laughs> that would have been a different movie. That would have been a real different movie. Yeah. That's like the first season of Happy. <laughs> I wonder if people are going to hear Reagan from under the door growling at us mm-hmm. and think it's me farting. No, it's our dog growling because she wants in the room, even though we tried to find her before we recorded and she wasn't. Yeah. I don't know where she, the fuck she was, so whatever. Half-Baked was, uh, I don't know. There was It was stupid. It was not good at all. I didn't like it. I wouldn't watch it again, to be honest. I don't think there's a reason to watch it I don't it need again, to watch yeah. it again. Dave Chappelle's character stopped smoking weed for this chick. Like, fuck what her. What kind of message is that sending? Yeah. That doesn't send a good message. Like, Just because her daddy got caught. Her dad got caught selling weed and is in prison, so... Like maybe we don't know. Maybe the reason she's so uh, against it is because uh, her her dad used to abuse her because of his his weed. Like somehow, I don't like, know. Maybe that's the only way I could see her being like, uh, well, you know, he got caught. That sucks, but that's what happens when you deal weed, you know. But in the nineties, she'll still visit him, but she wouldn't consider dating a guy who smoked weed. Who she gave a ride home. Yeah, she is she the gave type them of person. A, she gave them a ride home from the prison. That's how they all met. Like, what the fuck? Right. And and you expect him not to be smoking some weed. Yeah. 
Like, whatever. no, whatever. Yeah. Why, why, why are we going to also change this, you know, main character <laughs> who you're trying to show has some kind of level of intelligence? Which he didn't because they robbed a lab in the middle of the fucking day without mask while he was wearing his work uniform. Yeah, if he was going to wear his uniform, why wouldn't he use his in- uniform to go open the doors for the other guys or something? Right. Like, hey, man, got to get some overtime. Hey, guy. Yeah, we know him. And he's pushing a fucking uh, a trash bag, tr- trash barrel with his friend in it. Why Why wasn't that in the movie? Like, there's <laughs> it, it was so many so better bad. ways to do all the things they did and all the things they did were so It was so like stupid. a seventh grader wrote that movie. Yeah. Like, at the end, it was so messy. Like, what the fuck? I mean, the security guards just sat and laughed, like, watched them on camera because they were so fucking pathetic. And a whole fight turned around because some lady's tits popped out? Yeah, like, no. I mean, thanks for the tits, but it's kind of a weird, like, weird... <laughs> Your titty's hanging out, and she's gonna stop beating you in the face with nunchucks because her tip popped no, out. No, I'd still be beating the shit out of you. Right? It's it's called my distractionator. <laughs> it's your party tit. It's your party tit. <clears throat> That's your fighting tit. It's your fighting tit. <laughs> Everybody should have watch, a fighting watch, tit. Watch, watch, watch. <laughs> Might be my left one because it's, it's a, bigger. It's a new fetish. <laughs> a new fetish. We'll try it out later. Um, I'm pretty sure that's an already established fetish for some people. I wouldn't know. <laughs> Getting beat up by giant Getting boobs. Getting beat up by giant tits. That's got to be somebody's thing. Oh, definitely. I mean, I'd watch the video, but I don't know if I'd need to participate. <laughs> it's definitely somebody's thing. Whack. Whack. Oh, my God. It Anyways. Neil Patrick Harris's thing in the oh Guantanamo God. with that yeah. old lady with her huge knockers. At the whorehouse. They were like beach balls, each of them, just as round and hard. Those, Yeah, they were fake. Those, That Obviously. was gross. <laughs> yeah, they were fake. They were like... If, if, I don't understand why anybody would want that. I don't... Yeah. Like, just for pictures, I guess. But it's gross. Like, you can't be a normal person. Like, never again. You're going to have to lose half of your tit skin to go back to normal. Ew, that's just, yeah, it bothers me. I don't like it. It's weird. I don't know. <laughs> Grota. Like, they were massive. Massive, massive, massive. <clears throat> I think we got it. Massive. <laughs> Now, I, there are some weed movies, like, I don't feel like any of these movies help weed culture at all. None. Because, especially if you, so, let me, like, for the, when I first watched both Harold and Kumar's, Her, the Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle came out in 2004, and Harold and Kumar Escape from Guantanamo Bay came out in 2008. I was not a cannabis user during those times. I still watched the movies, thought they were funny. I will admit that Guantanamo Bay, when they were smoking with George Bush, did make me want to smoke weed. (laughs) But the first one did not make me want to smoke weed. Instead, it just made me incredibly aggravated at how fucking stupid they were behaving. Yeah. And the same in parts of Guantanamo Bay, like Kumar just kept fucking up. And then poor Harold was just had to be along for the fucking ride. So, I don't know. Like, I don't feel like they help weed culture. Huff Baked sure as fuck doesn't help weed culture. No. 
So. Not in any way. No. I feel like Dazed and Confused did a better job at helping weed culture than these movies did. Yeah, maybe. I uh, I mean, I think a lot of that was just Matthew McConaughey himself, right? <laughs> no, not really. No, I there's um exaggerating. There's, no, but... Rory Car- Cochran actually, his character Slater was probably the most iconic with cannabis for that movie. Yeah? Yeah. So. I don't know, movies. But we'll keep watching stoner movies and get more and more up to date. Dazed and Confused is my favorite stoner movie. Yeah. Well, so it's far. one of my favorite movies. Yeah. So we did see another favorite. We did see my absolute favorite movie, Stone, to this week in the theater for its 85th anniversary. 85, y'all. Yeah. We went to see The Wizard of Oz and it was beautiful and healing. And I was sobbing during Summer Over the Rainbow. Yeah. I read, I related a lot to Dorothy as a child. I still do <laughs> relate a lot to Dorothy. And I think that like, and I had never seen it on the, on a theater screen before. I'd only ever watched it at home. So like seeing all of the detail and everything so up close was really magical, but like. Yeah. And I hadn't watched the whole movie all the way through and she has seen it over a hundred times probably. Yeah. At least if not more. And so it was, and we both saw obviously things we hadn't seen, like the the texture of Scarecrow's face was burlap. You could see it, and yeah. I don't know if that was like shaded that way so perfectly, or if they used like some kind of like mold with with actual burlap. Like they did something that really, really replicated it well. And uh, but you could also kind of see up close with Tin Man and he was a lot less convincing in HD, you know, like he was, <laughs> which is fine. You know, I see that movie. Honestly, I see that movie as uh, more of a stage play. Yeah. Um, because the sets are so obviously fake. Mm-hmm. But um, they but were. That was 1939. They, they look like that on purpose. That's that, that's the look they were going for. This yeah. was one of the first color movies and um, they wanted to show off the different colors. That's why the witch is green, and that's why Dorothy's hair is red, and the yellow brick road, and all the flowers in the background, the whole movie. Like, if you go watch it again, I recommend it. It's not even a very long movie. No, it's not a very long movie. It's like an hour and a half. Yeah, and and it, it was worth the watch, and watching it as an adult. I think I might have watched it when I was very young, but watching it... um. You know, this time I, I remember, I didn't remember a lot of what I saw. So it was like watching a movie for the first time, but only having seen parts of it. So I think that's what I did because that's what happened. But, um, as an adult, I really appreciated it though. And I think that, and you very quickly within the first, probably, I don't know, five minutes of the movie looked at me and you're like you related to this so much and her so much yeah that's why you liked the movie so much is because you felt like her i did and and that was really <laughs> obvious whenever you had like a lot of people uh, or she she had you know a lot of people that weren't just quite listening and weren't quite hearing what she was saying. They all loved her and they all cared about her. Yeah, they cared about her but they weren't really listening. Listening. Yeah. And and they they kind of misunderstood what 
you know, was happening a little bit and, and, you know, she just wasn't feeling heard. And then she was, you know, climbing on the fence and she fell off and got hurt. And, you know, so I was sitting there just thinking like, this was, this was Jen's childhood. That's why she, she really, you know, connected with that movie. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, <clears throat> I always wanted to go somewhere over the rainbow. Yeah. Like, so go, go far, far away. Like Jenny and Forrest Gump. Oh yeah, I used to say that all the time yeah. too. Dear God, make, make me a bird so I can fly far, far, far away, away from here. Yep, I did. I related to girls that needed to escape. I guess I don't know. I, I want to be very clear. There was no abuse going on in my home. I was not an abused no. child. I was just a misunderstood child, child, and that was hard for me. And, and that's been talked about recently because a lot of the things that that made you a unique person just were really misunderstood in general at the time. Not just yeah, by your parents, but, but by just everybody. by experts. Mm -hmm. even. Everyone. I mean, my nano probably was the one that tried to understand me the most. And then I would say my dad. Yeah. Um, but, you know, my mom, she just, it's not that she didn't try. It's just that it was really hard for her to, like. She just didn't know how. And that Yeah, she just couldn't relate to so many things that I was different with. And that's, you know, I don't fault her for that. It was it was a different time. But, you know, my I had a pretty good childhood overall. Yeah, there weren't any, like. How to deal with your child with autism books. No, and they didn't know I had then. autism. Right. And they nobody just... would have known. Like that, that... I think maybe my aunt knew. <laughs> my aunt Julie, my mom's sister, knew on some little level because she would just be like, she would just look at me sometimes and go, where did you come from? <laughs> where did we get you? You're not like anybody else. That's what she would always say. So, like, I think, like, she always recognized how weird I was. Yeah. But I love my Aunt Julie. We talk all the time. She's a great lady. But yeah, like, no, it's it's funny. I don't know. But being a... But yeah, I was weird. So Wizard of Oz related to me a lot. I related to it a lot. The Tin Man's probably my favorite of her Oz friends that she encounters. Yeah. He's so sensitive and sweet. Aww. Um, And actually, Jack Haley, the actor who played him... The voice that he uses as the Tin Man was the same voice that he used to read his little boy bedtime stories. Because he actually has kind of like a husky Jersey voice. So that wasn't his real voice when he yeah. was Tin Man. That was his, his, I'm reading my son bedtime stories. And I also heard a rumor years ago watching an Oz documentary that he tried to adopt Judy Garland. Oh, yeah. Because he saw how abusive her biological parents were. And how they were letting the studio drug her. So she was doing when she was filming yeah, Oz. There's a lot of shit going on with that, if you don't know. Yeah, when she was filming Oz at 14 and 15, they would give her like speed pretty much during the day to keep her awake. And then, like, the four to six hours that she got to sleep, they would give her a sedative to put her to bed and then repeat it with the sleeping pill. And if you don't know, Judy Garland died of overdose. So she had a drug problem because of filming, that, of movie. filming that movie. And I hate that, like, that is my favorite movie because I love Judy Garland. She was so beautiful and she, she was just gorgeous in that movie. And, like, it breaks my heart that that, that that happened to her. But I think that happened to a lot of happens to a lot of famous people. Yeah. That's why they all grow up to be addicts when they're kids. 
like when their kid stars. I don't like that. It makes me sad. Yeah, the whole child star thing. That's something. It's getting better, I've noticed. Yeah. Ethan's mom always wanted that for Ethan, and I was like, that sounds awful. Yeah. So I don't want to have anything to do with that. No. I, we, I did take him to a reading for a Pepsi commercial one time. How do you do? Awful. <laughs> he didn't quite understand that we were pretending here. Ah. But he he had a really good memory, so he memorized the lines perfectly. Mm-hmm. But he was just like couldn't keep a straight face when he said it. Yeah, and it was something about <coughs> uh, when it's over a hundred degrees at the springs because uh, it, it was a regional ad. Um, you know, nothing's better to quench my thirst than a Pepsi or something like that, right? <laughs> And I don't think that was going to be the actual line in the movie or the the, the commercial. commercial, but that's what he had to say. And then uh, and then they asked him to pretend that he was like putting a monkey in a cage and he had no idea what they were saying. Like he just they're like, no, you're going to pretend like you have a monkey. And he handed him this fake monkey and Ethan took it, was looking at his hands like... I have a monkey? And he's like, yeah, you have a monkey. Now let's go ahead and put it in the cage. And he goes, okay, well, the cage is closed. Let's open the door. And he was like, well, I'm holding the monkey. Like he he wanted both hands to hold the monkey so he couldn't. I don't know. It was funny like at the time. But I was like, he's never going to get a call. That sounds like Ethan. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was his. He has, was a, his... He has a lot of um, book smarts. <laughs> But he's super sweet and everybody loved him, but nobody wanted to hire him. He did. Oh, actually, he was an extra in a series on NBC. Uh, pretty sure it was NBC. It was uh, a movie about like some some kids when they were younger, but then like like they reconnect later, like a generation later, decades later, something like that. I forgot mm-hmm. what it was called. And he was an extra in. Uh, a few scenes from that but that was it he got paid for it that was kind of neat that's cool yeah he got to decide how we spent the like 87 dollars or whatever Ooh. it was um but that was i forgot i almost I, I hadn't thought about that in a long time that was at the school of the deaf down downtown or like south of downtown yeah, um, it's kind of downtown. It's like off, like South First Lamar area, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, and a huge campus, mm-hmm. and they were in a portable building doing that. But yeah, that was that was <laughs> kind of neat. I wonder if he even remembers that. <coughs> Who knows? Or how well he remembers? I should ask him. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. He kind of has your memory. Yeah, I gotta think about things to remember them. I uh, I don't have a really good relationship with my long term memory. I can coax things sh- out of it. Short term memory isn't great either. Yeah, for being honest. Sorry, it's okay. So it's, it's more scary than anything else for me. It's always been that way though. The same. I feel like it's attached to the whole like I sat a tool down right somewhere. It's ADHD. Yeah, I got I got a lot of that. That's for sure. Yeah. Um. But I, uh, yeah, I don't know. So these stoner movies, I, I don't know, man. I, 
They're okay. I don't know. If... I haven't been impressed with any of them. No, they're all very mediocre. We should we should be on a search for, for a great stoner, for a good stoner movie, a good stoner movie, something that portrays weed in a positive way. Okay. And why isn't why why aren't they making that that movie? I don't know, man. Like Seth MacFarlane, Seth Rogen. Pineapple. I haven't seen Pineapple Express. I've never watched it all the way through. I've watched maybe like 10 minutes here and there. We could watch it. It's, it's boring the few minutes I kept watching. I didn't really like it. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I, I felt like it was kind of the same as the other three. It's yeah. It's a very similar experience. Stupid. Yeah. So, yeah. Silly. Silly. Ridiculous. Redonkulous. <clears throat> redonkulous. You're redonkulous. We're just letting everybody hear how quiet our room is. <laughs> how, how much room noise is it? I don't know, man. Me neither. Me neither. I guess we'll find out. I guess so. I like peanut butter breath. It's a good one. I forgot to smoke more of it. Peanut butter. But I got to go work on the car anyway, it's, so it's probably a good thing. And it's it's. I have to say it's pretty fucking smooth. Because my throat hurts like a mother, and I've been coughing, 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 and it really didn't make me cough at all. Yeah. Which is pretty big, so I'm a cougher. We should make some hash browns. You can make some hash browns. I'll make you some hash browns. Okay, guys. Thank you for listening to Mutually Codependent. Find us on social media, please, and thank you. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Right on, man. Give us a review if you haven't. That, yeah, that'd be probably the most helpful. Yeah. We, we've we got some listeners. It's the same amount of listeners. So maybe we'll figure out how to get this into new people's ears. I'm trying. We got this. We're going to do it. All right, guys. Okay. Have Thanks, a good guys. week. All right. Bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>